0: This is going to be a crash course in inner work meets social media. We're talking about being chronically perceived online, why that's so hard, why our brain literally fights us on that, and how we can make it easier with do less content. My do less methodology from do less club. I'm going to lay out six pillars of do less methodology that you can steal and bring to your own content to stop spinning your wheels. So, if you find yourself saying my audience just isn't connecting with me, or I don't know what they want to see, or sending all of your drafts to a friend to make sure that your content is good enough, even though you spent the last hour fussing with it, hi, this episode is for you. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Mother's Influencer. I have to talk to you about the thing that I can't stop thinking about in influencer marketing and the creator economy in general. This has been in my brain for months and months and months and months and there is literally so much to this topic and so I have to start at the beginning we are not meant to be perceived by so many people and I don't say this because I don't think people should be online like clearly my livelihood depends on being online as someone that's part of the creator economy and works with massive creators I'm constantly trying to get more eyes on clients content as well as my own but I've also seen so many people get actually ill from going viral from having their content be seen by so many people connecting with that many people at a really high level and actually a couple of months ago I heard this story this poet I, I wish I knew the name of this podcast he was being interviewed and basically one of his poems pieces got picked up within a ton of publications got shared and reshared all over the internet went mega viral overnight it goes it's climbing 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 really quickly i think it hit like hundreds of millions of views something that's so outside of the realm of (laughs) norm it's like actually a shocking number and basically he got really really sick so ill because his nervous system was so overloaded from being connected and affecting that many people. And it's really because of the way that our brain is wired neurologically. So evolutionarily, I want to back up. I want to think back to 12,000 years ago to a point where we're living and interacting in these small communities that are separated by miles and miles and miles. Obviously, there's no cell phones, no communication outside of our communities, like we're sending a messenger. There's rivalries between these communities, but your safety really depends on your community. Your safety from predators, getting food, uh, shelter, X, Y, and Z, everyone's playing a part. But here's the funny thing. We don't actually need to go back that far to say evolutionarily. Because if we think back to a point where we didn't have the internet and we weren't actively connecting, even even before social media, like we really don't have to go back that far. It's like we're talking 20 years. We're not connecting on social media. We didn't have Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, all of these groups where we can connect across the country, Tinder, Bumble, online dating. Oh my goodness. There's so many ways that we have built these systems to connect outside of our immediate communities to connect internationally. And what's weird is that if you think about creators who are intentionally connecting with people far outside of their initial surroundings, their initial community, their immediate community, we can actually get really hyper-specific about what we're looking for because we have this really vast net that we're casting to connect to people. So it's no longer this critical threat to your safety to not fit in because our reach is much higher like can you imagine can you imagine if you didn't make your first friends by you know the few kids that played on the monkey bars as a kid or the group of kids that played tag imagine if you didn't make your college friends by sitting next to them in the same first class or meeting them when you first walked into your dorm or you didn't make immediate friends with the people in your first job that were collectively going through some kind of traumatic negative toxic workplace experience and you all trauma bonded because your boss sucked or your job sucks we make friends we make connections generally based on these shared learning experiences but what if you could actually make friends based on far more than that. That's literally what the internet gives us. We're able to cut through all of this ingrained programming about safety and actually align ourselves with people that, oh, I don't know, actually aligned. So online, you can have far more on your list than I like monkey bars versus I don't like monkey bars. But all of this is so ingrained into our brains that we fall into these immediate responses of trying to control perception, people-pleasing, perfectionism, making sure that we come off as liked or useful or capable, ensuring that we don't come off as lazy or expendable or dumb or whatever. Any of those words that you immediately hear and your brain goes, "Mm -mm -mm," alarm, immediately triggered, I don't want to be that. None of that matters as much because we can cast a far broader net on the internet. So, truly believe that the majority of the time, any feelings, any spirals about being misunderstood as a creator is absolutely a myth. You are misunderstood is actually a spiral. It's not a fact. And you just need to find your people. But there's this weird confirmation bias here. I'm telling you, this is a big wormhole. I think about this <laughs> too often. So there's a weird confirmation bias, and it stems on the fact that creators actually jump on social media because they don't relate to the people around them. They don't relate to the people in their immediate vicinity. Why do you think they're looking for a community online? It's because they're missing something in their general surroundings, general community. So a lot of the time, your creators are actually your introverts. They're actually not your cool girls, which is so funny because that is the stereotype that gets put that gets put on creators put put on content creators but we jump online because we want to feel understood the girls that get it get it and the people around them us me included just aren't getting it so you look to the internet to expand your reach and find those people so real quick I actually want to psychoanalyze these people that just don't feel like they fit in and I want to think about more form. I want to talk about formative years (laughs) And think about high school and all of the stereotypes that we associate with it. You know, you have your jocks and your cool girls and your nerds and your outcasts and whatever, all of these different stereotypes. And why this is so important is because thinking about your person that's chronically feeling misunderstood, what are they going to do? when they put themselves out there to try to try to find the new people that will become their community they're probably going to jump into following that cool girl stereotype unless you've done a lot of inner work Uh, yeah yeah i stand by that unless you've done a lot of inner work you are probably going to latch on to what you think is cool and i can literally prove it (laughs) i can prove it by example (laughs) myself when I first jumped onto the internet you know what was one of the first things that I did because I was like I want to catch this brand's attention I am going to buy their little cute matching set cool girl ask then I am going to do this really athletic like cheerleading (laughs) performance I'm going to back tuck then I'm going to do a push-up and then I'm going to back tuck again and then push up and then you know front walk over out of it and that was my brain that was this like neural programming that I thought that I need to do these things to be cool be liked I had to do more and perform for it to make me worthy And that right there is the flaw. Our net is expanding. We could technically choose who we are connecting with, and yet we latch on to this feeling of safety that's so ingrained in us. So, I mean, this is what the algorithm's like. It's like pretending that you're going to fill out a form today and tell all of the internet that on a soul level, I want solo coffee dance parties in my kitchen at 8 a.m. sharp every morning. And I'm an introvert, so I don't want to be talked to until 10 a.m. But once 10 a.m. hits, we are all going to sit in a circle. (laughs) This is my ideal day. We're going to sit in a circle and we're going to talk about our feelings and Uh, human design and astrology we're going to sit cross applesauce and just have girl time and then collectively we're going to all get ready and cute and we're going to go on a lunch date because we are all in fact ladies who lunch this is all a morning plan because i have an 8 30 p.m bedtime so i don't want to be out that late this is lunchtime not dinner And with all of this information that I'm going to put out, I am going to immediately attract masses that are eerily similar, eerily similar. And it's actually okay that some people might not check all of the boxes. See, if you don't like my 8 a.m. sharp dance party, but you're entertained by it, that's fine. You don't have to dance. That's fine. That's fine. If you're an extrovert that wants to stay out later than 8.30 p.m., That is fine as long as it doesn't affect my 8.30 bedtime, as long as you still relate to the majority of it. And this is what posting online is actually like. This is actually the magic of Instagram and all of these algorithms. We can get that hyper specific to connect the people that we want, but because we're so influenced by our brain trying to protect us and that cool girl trope, we don't. And that's lame. I've met so many people who I meet in real life uh, after I've seen their profile. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so cool in real life. And then I go to their profile and I'm like, wait, this isn't a, this isn't as cool, <laughs> stomps an adult. I don't like this, this is lame. This is not magic that you bring in real life. And I hate that. I hate that so much. Because if we were actually getting out of our brain And stepping into this energy, we would be far more successful online. And it's just about being actually as cool as you are in person. So I'm over complaining about the algorithm or blaming the algorithm because I think the actual problem, if we want to get radically honest with ourselves, is that we're not being as cool as we are in person on the internet. (laughs) And this is where my do less methodology was literally born. This is why I want to give you a think less way to move forward. And it's actually so kismet heading into the new year because I saw so many of these ins and outs lists in, spending last time on social media, out, scrolling. I love this energy. But as a creator, someone that's chronically on re- online, this is really hard. And I really do think it's very important to hone in on how much time you spend consuming because you are a creator, not a consumer. So, do less methodology was born a method to spending less time on social media i've really perfected the signature method in my group in my program do less club and i honestly think everyone should be following this do less methodology because there's no reason that we should be spiraling all the time we are rewiring our neural pathways we don't need to be spinning our wheels we don't need to be overthinking we don't need to be chronically consuming on social media just to get a post out what we really need to do is be Ultra crystal clear about who we are. And the fact of the matter is, I'm going to say something a little bit triggering. If you cannot post (laughs) five times a week, you cannot convince me that it is a content problem. It is a self-worth problem, whether it's you judging yourself too harshly or thinking that other people will judge you too harshly. Either way, there's both sides of the spectrum. I personally am someone that judges myself far too harshly. I'll think and overthink and I'll always try to find the right way, which is how this program was born. I literally burned down five of my other offers to build this course. I was in this season, which I kind of hinted at in the last episode, but this is an important part. I hinted at this season of burnout where I created five mini courses and a new round of my signature high ticket program. I launched a podcast. I launched the agency all in the same month. And I think it took me about six months of that before I Was just so tired of muscling through. It felt so gross to me. Were any of these programs the actual problem? Or was the podcast the actual problem? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it wasn't aligned with who I am as a person, and it just felt like pushing through. So I burned them all. And I I've gotten a lot of comments since saying, why don't you bring back these mini courses? Why don't you bring back this curriculum? Like it's really good curriculum. Why are you just burning it? And to that I say. I don't want to teach a curriculum that will expire. I've held to that ever since. There are just too many exceptions to the rule. There's too many changes on this damn app. And honestly, after hearing what happens on some of the calls that Instagram or Meta schedules with creators, they literally like message creators and they say, let's hop on a a, a strategy call. Then they give really generic advice. I'm not convinced that Instagram even knows how many hashtags you're supposed to use. And to make things worse, in this world of social media coaches, there's this really weird, awful race to be the first to share any kind of new news. And Meta is in on this. They literally have reps that are doing outreach to social media coaches to share information like 12 hours before it breaks. And the number of emails that I've gotten from Meta about some obscure feature that no one even wants is so wild. But obviously, they lean into this urgency. They, you know, it fuels the hype. The urgency fuels the hype, so Meta feeds into it. Coaches feed into it. Even though all of these new features are never going to be make or break, they are never going to be make or break. They are not going to affect. It. You're, they're not going to affect your foundational strategy. They're going to affect one percent of your reach. There is never ever going to be a massive change that is going to affect that much of what you're putting out online. It's never going to affect the meat and potatoes. But because of all this weird urgency to get it first, be there first, be an early adopter, we race to get all of the information to the public, even though it's not actually going to affect you that much. So (laughs) this is my clapback to it all. I am just... I'm so bored of people on the internet blaming really hyper specific things for content flopping saying that you have to pick the right audio but it has to be exclusively trending in this very moment a specific number of uses or else you're never going to make it oh wait you also better use a cta in the best hook ever oh wait if you use a cta with the word bio in it or potentially the word link in it you might automatically flop because you're going to get shadow banned obviously so you better misspell bio or use the link emoji instead of you know saying the word link or you just have to be using many chat I could go on this is so it's such a spiral all of the rules are such a spiral i have clients across the spectrum of followers who are so very successful and break every one of these rules i have a client recently that has grown 100k plus followers in the last year and she had a photo a photo aren't we in the age of reels yes we are we are in the age of reels but she had a photo a singular photo not even multiple slides one photo bringing thousands and thousands of followers how crazy is that? So I created this program that was really about the inner work that allowed you to go through the curriculum multiple times. I wanted to have a program where you could not only work through it once and say, okay, here's my game plan for this season, but then you could evolve. And this is caveat of what I really wanted to include in a program. I wanted you to be able to be an ever-evolving person on an ever-changing app as you are and be able to go through this program multiple times and each time say, hmm, chef's kiss, here is my game plan that's not gonna be affected by the algorithm. It's not gonna be affected by any changing trends. Again, I'm an ever-evolving person on an ever-changing app. So let me lay out today the pillars of what it actually means to be do less, create, do less content, because I, I don't, I don't mean create ugly, shitty content. Do less content is not ugly content. It's content that you didn't spiral over for three days before pressing post or worse, not press post or worse, press post and then two hours after because it's not performing well, press archive. (laughs) So what on earth do you do instead? Do less methodology. Here we go. Rule number 1. <laughs> your audience is actually smarter than we give them credit for. And I think there's this really flawed perspective in the coaching world that your audience is, mm, they have to be a step behind. They have to be dumber to buy for me. They have to be in a lower position on the totem pole. You are elevated. You are on this lecture hall podium. You are the professor. You are on a pedestal. And I don't actually think that's helpful to you. I don't actually think that's the way to grow, and I don't actually think it's true. Of course you have your zone of genius, and can you be aspirational? Absolutely. Can you sell a ton by being aspirational? Absolutely. But I think that there's a lot of power in being able to say it with your chest, being able to say that, you know what, we're in the exact same position, and I can actually say it out loud. In speaking my thoughts you are going to feel more empowered, more validated. So we don't actually need to dumb down our audience because dumbing down our audience is probably going to put you in a position where your audience is not actually right and ready to press by when you do start selling something, when you do start marketing something. They're not going to understand. So you want to be speaking to the person that is intelligent and ready and right for you and all of the quirks that come with you and the fact of the matter is that very often we can see the through line of content and this is where there are two camps of you either people that either think you need to niche down or you're anti-niche I'm lifestyle through and through I don't want to niche and there's just more nuance than that because people are smarter than that. So let me throw out a differentiation that I touch on very early on in Do Less Club. You are either going to be in a growth phase or an expansion phase. And there's multiple reasons why you would be in either. But it's not just blinders on, niche down, get into this micro niche position. That's not realistic, nor is it sustainable. Realistically, you are going to be in phases of expanding and then contracting expanding and then contracting that's how it's going to flow to build a sustainable business online so when you first start I want I want you to think about when you first start online maybe not many people know that you actually want to do this maybe like one person knows you've never actually like said it out loud you're doing this with someone you're putting out content you're getting out you're getting a little bit more consistent you're now putting out reels you're going to see a lot of growth in the very beginning not follower growth like exclusively because you're being consistent with it so you're gonna see a lot of newbie gains in the quality of your reels how confident you are in your reels feeling confidence in just oh my god like using hashtags I don't know doing a lip sync to a trending audio you're gonna feel better about it so your content is going to evolve really, really quickly. And oh my god, I remember just starting out, this was the age of photos, and I used to very often post my second best photos. <laughs> we would go out every Tuesday, me and a friend of mine, and we would do these whole photo shoots. And I would say, Well, I don't wanna I don't wanna post my best. I wanna save my best for later. I wanna save my best for when I'm ready. So I'm gonna post a couple of my second best photos. But By the time you actually come back to your first best photos in that series, you've expanded past it. You've already grown out of it. It's no longer your best work and you no longer feel good about it. And is this being overcritical? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) The answer is yes. But you need that experimentation in the beginning. You need that experimentation to see number one, what on earth is working for you understand your own voice your own interests your own passions what you actually like doing in action not just theoretically so you experiment and eventually you know time goes by and the algorithm will show you exactly what You should be bringing to the table, and it it kind of feels like you're being knighted with a niche. I've seen this time and time again. It's actually quite annoying because it's always something that you didn't quite expect. Hello, transition girl of Instagram. This is where I started. Did I decide that? Absolutely not. Did I even think that that reel would go viral? No, absolutely not. But the algorithm said yes, this. This right here is what I've bestowed upon you. And this happens to so many people that I know. I had a really close friend when I started who couldn't cook to save her life. So she would make these massive charcuterie boards for her family and she showed off how to do them. And of course, all of this content started to go mega viral. All of her reels started to go mega viral. She hit 100K really quickly. A couple years down the line, she's now at 500K, I believe. And I'm so excited for her. And it's all because the algorithm knighted her, said, This, this is what you are going to do. This is what you are good at. And I feel like sometimes the rhyme or reason is lacking. <laughs> this is what the people have decided you need to stick with. But of course, you know there's a huge dopamine hit that we get in seeing the followers come in and seeing that success and seeing those metrics. So we follow our nose, because of course, we're listening to what people are saying. We're listening to the people behind the algorithm. But as we go to the extreme, we really fall into this hyper contraction, this hyper niche, we swing to the extreme in this pendulum, and we end up very bored, because we are only doing that this is what you this is what you need to do to grow to be known for one thing be known for one thing and i don't care if your adhd is bored i don't care if it's low dopamine blinders on we're talking about this one thing but when it's time to build community That's when we lean into who we really are. That's when we're going to start throwing spaghetti at the wall, getting a little bit more experimental. We're going to be throwing out maybe a wild card every week because the intention is not actually to have it perform well. It's to have your people get to know you just that much better. It's not to grow. It's to expand for your own sake. So this happens very slowly and you end up transitioning between these phases. I like to call it an expansion pack because (laughs) it feels like it feels like a sims game you know like you had your sims and then you popped in an extent expansion pack extension pack expansion pack and you had like the ranch version or the pets version or the seasons version did i make that did i make that up <laughs> you remember those sims games where you have that new version where all of a sudden you're not just taking care of your sims, you're not just making your sims, but you're also making like a cat and a dog. It's that concept. That's what we're doing on social media. We're curating, funny as it sounds with this metaphor, this sitcom of your life. We're gamifying your life for people on the internet to look through the windows and see what's happening. You're always going to be the main character, but sometimes there's new characters. This is like a season of Friends. Sometimes you have Paul Rudd, in in the show sometimes you do sometimes you're in different different seasons of life like my wedding different season of life burnout different season of life and you're going to talk about those heavily those are still going to be included but those are my expansion packs anyway this right here is really what my high level business owners tend to come to me with they have been in this phase of being hyper niche and they want to step out of it and become more than their teachings they want to be more influential than their teachings and take their personal brand bigger they want their ethics and their values and their interests to matter they want to be this public figure and they've made a lot of money in their niche in niching down but it's time to expand and that's actually not going to hurt you expanding is not going to hurt you it is actually an amazing thing but anyway i digress number two document don't create we are fitting our content around our life not our content into our day nothing is a production literally put your phone down put your phone down just record what you're doing build your content from that allow inspiration to come from that oh my goodness okay so <laughs> Uh, it's related my theme of 2024 is actually lunch dates I have a word (laughs) that sounds funny I have a word but my theme is lunch dates so in the last week I've gone on multiple lunch dates (laughs) so both of these times they were like we should take a picture and I was like yes we should so I wrapped the strap of my bag around a railing like a stairs railing balanced my phone against the pole of the railing and the top of my bag, and pressed record and packed up. We are not even using our back camera. I don't care if the quality is better. I'm not asking someone to film this. We are keeping it so casual. We are making it real. Let it be real. What if a bike goes by? I literally don't care. I literally don't care. What if your kids are screaming? I literally don't care. I hear this so often from moms. Well, I can't speak over my kids. They're screaming. I can't focus. I can't create content. Yes, you can. Yes, you can, because actually every time I've ever been on the phone with a mom or someone that's multitasking, she's managing little ones running that are running around her feet. Do I ever think twice? No, I don't. It's just real life. And that's so okay so document, don't create, build your content around your life. You don't need a big, bold production, I swear. So I've taken to asking anyone that comes up to the stage and do less club will end after our discussion with, okay, so what's the babyest action step you can take today? And they're always like, well, here's the plan. I'm going to get this costume and this lighting and set up this really specific thing with a really specific audio. Sorry, guys, I'm giving you so much shit, but this feels so accurate every single time and it's too much and I always I, I give them shit about it on the call too you don't need that what if you actually just chose easy weird what if you just chose the path of least resistance that's okay it's actually okay to keep it easy because it's authentic anyway number three your biggest struggle makes the deepest impact. The thing you are really struggling with right now, whether it's your family or home life or friends, work life, whatever it is, something internal or mindset-wise, <laughs> internal, <laughs> uh, mindset-wise, health-wise, I guarantee you this is what you should be talking about. You understand every ounce of nuance to that problem. Every limiting belief that you are thinking is so hyper-specific and relatable. You have so much power in your deepest struggles because this is where people will so relate to everything that you are saying so the thing that you're like hmm this makes me sweat (laughs) this is a little too real this is a little too transparent this feels scary yes yes do that because that is going to make the biggest impact for your people and on that note of your story number four your story is a content pillar say it again. Say it again. Tell your story weekly. I want to know the summary of your story. Like I would love practice. Literally go practice. Write out your story and ask chat GPT to summarize it. This is my favorite thing when I know a creator for some really specific story. There's this author who I I literally purchased her book because she was on Instagram telling this story about how her husband left her for a younger woman she wrote a book about it regained all her power etc etc some underdog story but the fact that I know that recognized her for it started to recognize her for it and became so immersed in this that I needed to buy the book there's no better way to sell online whether you're an influencer or a coach doesn't matter doesn't matter number five everything comes back a through line. I kind of mentioned this in the beginning. People are so much smarter than we give them credit for, right? So here's the thing. People understand that through line. They understand this spider web that you've created connecting all of your content that you're putting out there. So let me give you an example based on a real life client. I have this client that's all about creating space and prioritizing herself. That is the main draw. That is the main transformation that she's created within her business so how can we think about space and prioritizing herself maybe that's going to be in the form of work-life balance maybe that's going to come in her marriage maybe that's going to come in home life with her kids or conversations that she's having with a friend doesn't matter that that conversation is not happening about something work-related regardless of that being the biggest transformation for her business so she can tell a story about creating space for herself with her kids and still bring in those people that are going to relate and need to buy from her. It's going to create a spider web that's going to bring everything back to the main point, the main story, how you're making money. We understand, yes, you can't throw me into two wildly separate topics, but very often the way you connect them will just make sense. It'll just make sense. That last line of the caption, there is a way there's a way. Find the through line. Number five, six, six. Don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> okay. I used to call this your grandma's rule, but I feel like it's actually a Coco Chanel quote. Anytime you leave the house, you're supposed to remove one item of jewelry so that it looks effortless. So that it looks chic, right? Have you ever heard of that? I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> so that's how I feel about your content. You're going to follow the Coco Chanel rule. We're going to follow your grandma's rule. And anytime you go to press post, you are going to stop value packing the whole thing. You're going to take off one thing. And I promise you, I promise you, you do not need to value pack your content for it to be valuable. And actually, value packing your content like that is causing more harm than good. This is a hill that I'm going to die on. Because number one, if you have this reel that asks me some complicated question and leads me in and then you say, read the caption for more, um, I am going to scroll on as fast as I humanly can because I'm petty like that. As fast as I can, I'm going to get out of there. Give me a baby bite because the difference, the difference. If instead you gave me this baby morsel in a reel and then the caption didn't say much, It actually didn't say much. What am I going to do? I am going to immediately go to your page. I'm going to scroll your page. I'm going to binge your page. I'm probably also going to binge your highlights. And if I can't find what I'm looking for, I might actually press follow. And actually, if I find a little bit of what I'm looking for on the next reel, I'm still going to press follow. So now it's very clear that that version of value packing is very flawed and it's actually better to to avoid being anticipatory avoid being anticipatory once you let go of convincing pushing this value in someone's face adding more and more and more to prove that your content is valuable that you are valuable that your social media is worth following once we stop that cut it all out it's actually really magnetizing to do less really magnetizing so take one thing off before you press post my last rule my last flagship article commandment (laughs) of do less methodology. Say one thing, then say it again. I already said you should be telling your story constantly and frequently, right? But you should also be posting your best performing posts. And there should be a repost every single week, every single week, I said that correctly, every single week, one of those posts should be a repost. My most successful clients are reposting every single week, we should be able to recognize you for your content for your words, we want your social media, to feel like a sitcom. Think about how many of the catchphrases you know in your favorite sitcom. And it's endearing, right? We should be able to use your own words because we literally recognize them because you're saying them that often. So no, it's not boring. It's dependable. No, it's not annoying. It's rememberable. And no, you haven't said it too much. It's actually impactful now because you took up 30 seconds of my day with one reel. If not less you took up 30 seconds of my life. And if you want me to remember that as a human being that is in fact smarter than the internet gives us credit for, but has a really crazy busy life, has a lot going on, has a lot of spirally thoughts, then you know what? I'm actually gonna need a little bit of a little bit of a reminder. And I absolutely don't mind when you give me that reminder, with your best content that has already proven to be successful. Okay, I've been talking at you long enough. Honestly, this is why I do what I do, I think this is all so immensely interesting. And if you're one of those people that is your favorite activity is learning more about you, oh, are we gonna have fun together in this podcast? So turn on those notifications, follow along, leave a review if you feel so inclined.